Hello and welcome to the very Shut Up and Sit Down podcast, the podcast all about board games, board games and the people who love board games. On today's episode, it's a very special one. It's myself, Matt oh. Lees and Tom Brewster. It's me, Tom Brewster. I'm here as well. He's here. We're both in a room. Yeah. We are sitting face to face. We can see beds behind each other. We're in the middle of nowhere in a strange cold cave that we've specially found. Yeah, it's quite a cursed room. It's kind of this like squat attic room. And Matt was like, oh, don't worry. I'll, I'll sound prep this room just a touch. I'll make this real bad. And he just threw a throw over some stairs and was like, that's how it works. You yeah. just chuck a thing over a stairs. You got yourself a podcast studio. It sounds much quieter in here now. It does. It's frosty. It's grey outside. And we are going to be talking oh. about Frost Haven. Yeah. So... Our review of this will come at some point, but obviously, as you would expect, this is a gigantic, chunky box. If you know anything about Gloomhaven, it is this gigantic, heavy thing filled with cardboard that has all manner of different characters to unlock, all manner of different monsters to fight, all manner of different secrets in boxes. It's like a gigantic dungeon-crawling adventure that might last you years. And we loved it when we reviewed it. It's a fantastic game. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there's a sequel. They've done it again. A full fat sequel in an even bigger box that proves to... Looks like he's just going to do the same thing again. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, But just more of it, I think. This is like a little... It's like heavier, both in terms of my brain bashing against it. And also like the box is absurdly heavy. Oh, gosh. It's like a 36 pound box. It's the first game box I have actually like carried around the building... Um, that I thought this is possibly the first time I've thought this this game might actually have serious, um, you know, accessibility issues. Right. Purely because of the fact that I think some people wouldn't be able to carry this no. box for and very far. It, it, imagine taking this box to someone's house to go and play it with them. Like, I can't. It doesn't bear thinking I about. can't imagine it. It's I had absurd. to walk up some stairs with it and I was kind of out of breath. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's, it's fine. I, I think it's the most exercise I've had in years. So just a caveat before we go any further. This is going to be a just first impressions of Frosthaven. It's going to be loose. It's going to be we real loose. We have been holding back our conversation on this. Me and Tom have been in each other's company for Pax Unplugged for a few days and going, <laughs> no, we will not talk about Frosthaven. And, and other people have asked us questions about the game and we've been like, you shut up right now. We're yeah. not going to tell you anything because, because we need to share our opinions fresh, yeah. straight out the oven yeah. on this podcast. That's very exciting, isn't Let's it? Let's do a jingle. Normally we say sting, but um, you know, jingle will do. I mean, maybe it can be a Christmas jingle. Sure. I'll make it Christmassy. Hey, it's time for Tom's Christmas jingle. I couldn't find any good sleigh bell sound effects, so this is what we're stuck with, and it's all out of key. Bye! Also, I should say now, I think that I'll save... We'll do a little bit right at the end, maybe, talking about a couple tiny little spoilers. Certainly. Uh, but most of this will be pretty spoiler-free. Yeah. Uh, past the point of just, like, opening the box. Like, Certainly. we're going to talk about what you see when you get your copy, and you open it up, and you take the pieces out, and, like, some of the scenario design, but we'll go into specifics, until we sound... The spoiler klaxon. The spoiler klaxon. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, let's do our homework, logistics. <laughs> let's outline on this spreadsheet what the deal is. Let's eat our vegetables. So, I've only played a single scenario of this, okay? I have played scenario one yes. of Frosthaven. Just However, scenario one? Just scenario one. Tom oh. is already looking and going, what? Yeah, you're underqualified I'm, for this I first mean, impressions podcast. I mean, I don't think I am because <laughs> I've, I've had an impression of the game. Uh, Tom has played more of this than mm-hmm. I have. I've played 
five scenarios, but one of them is a is a tutorial scenario. Yeah, so I four real that. ones. I yeah, I know you're a tutorial pro. pro. I'm not doing that. But I had a good play around. I've seen a bunch of the characters. Right. I have an idea for some of the shape, the stuff that's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear some of your thoughts on that a bit more because my thoughts on that are very early baked. But just opening up this box, as you say, it's a gigantic, heavy thing. Mm. I think there's 26, 27 20 sheets of punchboard. Sheets of punchboard. Which is obscene. It's crazy. We had a story in the Shut Up and Sit Down. Um, it may have been in the podcast, but definitely we made a little mini documentary about Twilight Imperium and the history of that. And there was a story. We had a chat with Christian Peterson, who was the designer of Twilight Imperium. And he talked about how in the early days of making Fantasy Flight, he got pneumonia because he was actually in the factory, in yep. their warehouse, punching out cardboard bits yep. in the cold. And and those factories are refrigerated, famously. Yes. Yes. Because yes. otherwise the punch board gets, what, too hot? It gets too warm. It was cold. He was just in a big cold warehouse. I right. said factory, but I just meant like a shed. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I was remembering that story when I was punching this out because my hands were getting so dry. Yeah. And I just thought... I've never done this much punch board before. My, my shoulders started hurting a bit from like hunching over the table and punching and organizing. It was intense. It takes a long time. I I started just setting up the box <laughs> and then learning the game. And I said learning the game. I all I did was skim through the manual and looked at the bits that were changes right. to Gloomhaven because I know Gloomhaven quite well in terms yeah, of yeah, rules. Yeah, yeah. And it took in total, I think, about four hours, four and a half hours just to prep the box and refresh the rules and it mm. was enjoyable putting mm. the box together was enjoyable but that just gives you an idea of the scale of what is in this thing yes it's like it, not not content to just have like i was thinking about so we should also maybe frame this with what our what our haven credentials are matt has obviously played a huge amount of of base game gloomhaven i've never even played base game gloomhaven except on the pc version and i've played jaws of the lion Mm -hmm. the little smaller box version and i just think like the thing that jumped out of me on opening frosthaven was like the little tiny map of the town that comes in in jaws of the lion is like i I can't really describe it like maybe like twice two postcards big maybe a little bit bigger than that and then the map for frosthaven is like the game of thrones board game map (laughs) and it's something that is like almost entirely aesthetic as an object yeah or referential it's not something that serves a, like a fundamental gameplay purpose you don't need it on the table all the time no but nevertheless it takes up half my table uh-huh. right now and that was you know with gloomhaven you had this big fold-out map but right. this is bigger because yes. it serves two purposes first of all you have the actual map for the campaign which is mm-hmm. the top half of the map and then you have this this lovely little um outline of the actual town of Frosthaven, mm-hmm. which at the beginning of the game is pretty empty and it's you're going to be shagged. It's, it's, it's rubbish. It's just rubbish. <laughs> I'm not, put it out there. Sorry, Isaac, but the starting village, rubbish. Yeah. Nothing in it. What's, we got to just make all this village ourselves? Yeah, how'd, you let, how'd you let it get into this state, Why, buddy? You, yeah, you invented it. Why isn't it nice? Because it's not great. Why isn't there a spa? Anyway, yeah, you turn up, it's it's a mess, and the, the whole idea is basically like, right, you're going to try and get this town back into a better shape? Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly whilst murdering uh, the indigenous creatures of the area? Possibly yep. whilst not. Yeah. And that's my vibe from just playing one mission and looking at a bit of flavour text yeah. in the manual and being yes. like, this seems to be the vibe. Yeah. Is, does that seem to be the vibe? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. Like, in between each mission, you're going to go back to Frosthaven, and you're going to just be like, time to polish things up here a little bit, time to make them a little bit squeaky cleaner. Mostly for your own purposes, as far as I can tell. Yeah. But if that helps people as well, that's fine. But yeah, who you're not helping are the local indigenous Algox people who you're going to be killing a lot of. Um, not that this game, I don't think that's a bad thing. 
in this game. <laughs> right, that, that might set off alarm bells. Well, I mean, I already... I, I already, just from the flavor text at the end of the first mission, got the sense that there was probably going to be the opportunity to be trying to work with them a bit, or at least maybe not be just indiscriminately murdering them. I couldn't possibly say for spoiler reasons. <laughs> but maybe that's a fake out, and maybe it is just genocide. We'll find out. <laughs> to just go back, though, to this big fallout map that mm -hmm. you get, the map in Gloomhaven was very much a kind of, what is this? Yeah. It was a cool thing. But actually, the artwork on this Frosthaven map is, I feel like, a real step up. I it's feel gorgeous. like it's a really beautiful object mm -hmm. to the point where it's sort of the game that, in the same way that Gloomhaven was clearly the kind of game that made me think, oh, gosh, I wish I could just not play any other games and just meet up with my friends once a week and play this. Frosthaven immediately made me feel like, oh, gosh, I wish this was, I could just go and live in a cabin and frame this on the wall and just <laughs> and just not do anything else uh, for three years. And right. then people come back and say, where have you been? And I've been like, I was in the woods playing for us. And it was, uh, was at such a good time. Maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but I think that one of my uh, sort of biggest early impressions of playing this game was like finishing that fourth scenario. And this is a spoiler, but the fourth scenario will sort of open things up a little bit mm -hmm. more. It kind of shows you its expanse. And that was the sort of moment when I was like, like, this is going to feel like a journey. This is going to feel like a huge thing that I'm going to just sort of like get incredibly deep into the weeds of. And the game sells that so well when you get to like this this point of like, oh, wow, there's there's going to be a lot of things to do in this in this box. Right. Okay. It's that wild abandon that's represented by this board that has like all of these little spots where you're going to put stickers for missions. Uh -huh. And when you look at it, you don't really see those little spots. You don't really see those little tiny spots for stickers. But then you look closer and you see there's like, loads of them yes and they're everywhere and they're in weird places as well <laughs> it's great oh my they're everywhere <laughs> i mean uh, basically right off the bat if people were coming into this being like what is this is this going to be um a brand new experience is it going to be a sequel it does feel quite sequely in many yeah. ways um in the fact that they you, you get dumped straight into a much higher level of complexity straight away which right. is actually really nice yes because it doesn't feel like that oh we need to go back to the start and go through the tutorial you are just like jumping straight in if you want to mm -hmm. to playing quite complicated characters and doing quite fun complicated things at the same time the core of the game is really very very much the same yes you you basically have these characters that allow you to you know play these cards that lets you do one action from one card another action from another we're not going into big detail on this because no. if you don't know there's quite a lot of resources out there for getting a sense of, of what <laughs> gloomhaven is um but the mechanics of it are very very similar in sure. fact the manual is this unbelievably thick thing yes which it's like 50 pages or something it's it's silly it's yes. so dense and terrifying looking it's like almost a centimeter uh thick but Actually, if you know how to play Gloomhaven, you skim through it with quite alarming speed because there are areas of the manual which are just clearly marked as being like, this is something we've changed. Mm. And to be honest, um, I don't know what it would be like going into Frosthaven for the first time if you don't know how to play and trying to use that manual to learn the game because, gosh, I think it was interesting to me because... Oh, go ahead, Tom. I sort of had a, a halfway house of this experience where I didn't... I played Draws of the Line quite a while ago, didn't really remember everything about the game and felt like... I mean, I'm quite fastidious when it comes to, like, learning a game. I want to sort of get it right first time. And I was I was like, right, okay, I'll sit down, I'll read the manual. And the, the idea of reading this manual front to back is kind of terrifying. I think if you're entirely new to the systems, 
it would it wouldn't be great no i don't think so um and it's also quite hard to reference at times there's a very helpful index at the back but then sometimes you'll go to the page that's telling you and it will give you like almost a little bit i, I don't know like i think i almost want something that's a bit more wargamey manual where it's just like a numbered bullet point list of all the mechanics yeah i, I could see that i feel like it was interesting they haven't gone for the um the kind of fantasy flight style split manual yeah of like yeah. here's just get going and then here's just a hardcore reference right box, because it does try and do both and i do respect that but it was fascinating to me that it seemed to be that there was a lot of repetition in the manual mm. and i think that's quite helpful in terms of because there's so many overlapping systems in Green yes, Haven. Yes. it means that largely if you're looking up something it means you'll probably find the information you need on that page mm -hmm. but unfortunately as you say there's still gonna be circumstances where you won't Mm. and you have to look something else up in terms of going through it and reading it though it's quite frustrating because you think well i've read that i've read that i've read that but at the same time i have to remind myself that that is annoying but if you're learning a game sometimes having important rules repeated three or four times in the manual is the only <laughs> way you're going to remember them so i don't really know what i'm talking about in that regard but i just found it fascinating because the thing that really tickled me about gloomhaven the first game was i was like this feels like a video game from the late 90s, mm -hmm. right? It feels like I'm playing a board game version of a video game in a way that was really enticing and really fun. And then I think about that and I think about like, well, what video game sequels traditionally look like? Mm. A video game sequel is usually like, it's the same characters, they're back again, there's going to be more things <laughs> and the graphics are better right. and maybe the story is going to be like not as good and I don't know, whatever. Maybe there's multiplayer, new features and stuff. Yes. And it will have new features. And the tutorial will maybe focus more on the new features because gotcha. it's like we added something new. And it's like, what does a video game sequel look like when it's a board game video <laughs> game? And the answer is a manual that largely, if I'm honest, reads like patch notes. Mm. The, the manual is kind of nightmarish at times because of the fact that it's it's all of the rules for Gloomhaven yes. with the new rules yes. and with lots of things that clarify questions that clearly came from people playing the first game. Yeah, which is very strange as someone who's going back through it, sort of not having hit those patch notes in a weird way, like yeah. not having had those problems because I'd never played Gloomhaven. I played the iterative version with Jaws of the Lion, but I think they'd already smoothed out some of that in the manual. It's just funny because I think that that there's definitely a an interesting thing here in the same way that we stumbled upon with our Twilight Imperium 4 expansion review um, in the fact that this is a game that's clearly so popular, Gloomhaven, that right. um, it caters to a very large quantity of players and a very wide diversity of like play styles. Sure. And it's interesting that you have this manual that still, like with Gloomhaven, says like, look, if there's a conflict in the rules and you're not really sure, just players should decide what makes most sense mm -hmm. and do that. Mm -hmm. But then also with the sequel, then having <laughs> lots of parts that are written in the rulebook, which are clearly direct clarifications based on lots of questions. Yeah. And that desire, I understand that, the desire to like stop there being thousands of board game geek threads about people going, well, how does this work? How does this work? Mm. But um, it's interesting to me because it feels like it's this thick manual yes. that maybe should have been a condensed thing and like a pdf online or something i know people i hate pdf manuals as well right i don't want that yes but it's a lot right yeah no it's 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 a lot to get into and i think that it's also it's trying to do something where it's like just play this first scenario and then you're going to go into all of the other like new stuff like there's that bit in the rule where it says everything past this point is entirely new yeah and all of that stuff is to do with the town and the city management mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing and 
I think that's smart, the way that they've organized it like that. But I sort of wish that they had this, like, I just think about how good Jaws of the Lions onboarding was, uh-huh. where it had that book and it had the first few scenarios. It was like, place this person. Like, it showed you not just, you know, it didn't have the setup instructions. It had the setup instructions. Yes. It was like, place this here, place this here, do this. And like this is the reason why this is going here. And this is what you're going to do on your first turn. It had this really smooth way in. And Frosthaven did immediately jump out as being like, oh my goodness, there's so much going on. And I want to sort of get into like what the sort of play-by-play, what the feel of this is like as someone who didn't play Gloomhaven and played a lot of Jaws of the Lion is like my immediate worry with this was that I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I was. Right, right. On that first scenario, the first couple of scenarios I played, I was like, oh no, is this going to be too big? And oh, is it like a kid on Christmas morning when you haven't quite got what you wanted? Yes. Or you have, and then actually it turns out the game is rubbish. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Bubsy the Bobcat. <laughs> I didn't get it. My friend did, though. He was so sad. That was like me. I had the reverse with Skyrim, the video game. Right. I was like so excited to get Skyrim for Christmas, and I got it for Christmas, and I loved it. And then I, about six months later, was like, this is terrible. <laughs> Well, all that excitement was in me. At least you didn't feel that on Christmas That's Day. That's true. Because that it's worse. like birthdays. Birthdays are dangerous days. Yeah. Because you can, if you're not careful, you can end up real sad. Right. Right. It's a danger day. It's d- and this is a danger box for a lot of people. I it think. Is. Right. There's a, it's a it's a a load bearing box. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at this box and I'm thinking like this could be amazing. This could be the thing that me and my group then play for the next like six, seven, eight months, like. On repeat, it's going to be on the table forever. Or it could be like a blunder and not something that I ever want to touch ever again. Yeah. And that first game, those first few games, I was like, oh no. Because we picked some semi-complicated characters. Okay. We went into a scenario that wasn't particularly exciting or flavorful. It mm-hmm. was just kill some monsters. And we hadn't really seen all of the like exciting town development stuff. And I was a little bit worried that it might be a little clumsier. But then, but then... We did something called downloading the app. <laughs> yeah. So I my here's my hot take. Are you ready? This is my Joe Rogan podcast hot take oh, that no. I'm dropping right now. Please, no slurs, Tom. <laughs> Not again. Uh, it's that I think this game shouldn't have uh, the components that the app covers. Yeah, and I think I agree with that. Um, and oh, cool. We yeah, could, we could end the podcast. Uh, yeah, now, that's really. it. Right. I uh, think people will be fine with the, the fact that we both said that. Roll VT. We just play a <laughs> just play a looping uh, bit of 1920s music for the next 40 minutes and yeah. leave people with that. No, I, I agree with that. Um, and again, I think that does come down to the interesting situation they're in of trying to make a game for a very large quantity of people. Right. right. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that. Um, to go back to what we were talking about before in terms of your experience getting into Jaws of the Lion versus mm-hmm. opening this up, I feel like Jaws of the Lion did such a great job of introducing people to the systems and the world Yes, that it was almost like Jaws of the Lion was like, hey, here's your, here's your first driving lesson. Mm. It's like a bit tricky, but like we're going to guide you through it and you're going to drive mm. a car a bit. Whereas like Frosthaven, you open up the box and look at that manual, it feels like you're trading in a, a combine harvester for a slightly more advanced combine harvester and like going through <laughs> the manual and you're like, oh, okay, cool, right, the grain... Uh, yeah, the grain filters on this are a little different, but I can, I can handle that. That's fine. You know, it's, it, it expects a level of expertise, which, which is fine if you know what you're doing. Right. But the issue, I think, is that then like, when you are trying to cater for this such a broad number of people mm-hmm. who are all experts at this point, yes. a lot of people really know what they're doing with Gloomhaven, yes. myself included. Right. How do you do that without annoying people? And there are a lot of people out there who do get annoyed about the idea of using apps. And also, I think on a purely like, you know, if you're making this game, I I completely would understand, like, do you really want to make a game that there's a chance 15 years from now people can't play it? Uh, yeah. 
Like that's you, you're happy with that. I think that's fine. Yeah, that's all good. Like, well, <laughs> you will be able to play it. Like I don't, I don't see the reality in which you won't be. Like the thing is, I'm glad that the the stuff is there, right? I'm or, or whatever. I'm glad that the the components are there for the people who want the components. Yeah. Right? Who want to have to do all the monster management thing with their uh-huh. actual hands and are somehow afraid of this game like actually vanishing from the earth 15 years from now when I'm sure they'll want to crack it out again. But the thing is, is that with the the app i think the game maybe should recommend that you play it with the app because those first like two or three as the person who owned the game and was teaching the game was trying to get people in it was like come on guys i'm sure it's fun in here just just come on down all we have to do is manage all of these individual monsters hp and status effects and elements and we will forget about them but it's i promise it's a really tight balanced puzzle and the yeah no i i I, honestly i feel exactly the same way and i i felt like it was interesting for me it was like um uh, it was very interesting. It was like a rose tinted glasses moment of being like, yeah, it's like, oh, it's like playing Gloomhaven for the first time. And then being like, oh, yeah, I remember all these little health tokens and and forgetting to do the um, imbuing <laughs> the element track and being like, oh, uh, yeah. And being like, yeah, this is how I used to play it back in the old days. And being like, admittedly, uh, when I first reviewed Gloomhaven, I was doing all of that stuff manually yeah. with my hands. And sure. actually, I found that, um, that aspect of it, very satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the kind of accounting, like moving things okay, around okay. and being like, put that on, put that on. But it does make the game so much slower. And yeah. I think that now um, I've got no time for it because I want to just be accelerating and doing more stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really amplified with Frosthaven and the fact that my immediate thoughts after playing one scenario and then seeing some of the stuff in the town was that we played it with four people, I think, and it took us about, two hours to do the first to do a mission sure and i thought you know what this is still really fun yeah core of this is great the character designs are wicked everyone's having a hell of a time leaping around and killing monsters and high-fiving each other when we do it just in a way that feels right and they've got some new quality of life stuff that really gives you some fun racing lines to play with during missions that are more interesting than just like don't pick up any treasure Mm -hmm. even though that is you know occasionally still a part of it um (laughs) So there's a lot of fun to be had with that system. And fundamentally, that is the game. Yeah. And as we talked about in the original review, like if that if that game wasn't fun and you were just doing it to get the progression, mm-hmm. it would suck. Yeah. But the game is really fun. Yes. But there's all this really exciting new cool stuff with making a town and upgrading <laughs> stuff. And, and when you see in the manual that it's like, how do I get new buildings in the town? Well, that will happen when you retire characters. And I'm looking back being like, I've played Gloomhaven for about 70 hours, <laughs> 80 hours maybe. And we only retired like two characters yeah, yeah i think we were close to retiring another couple yeah. but i just think oh there's lots of interesting new things in this mm. and i have to eat so even though the meals are delicious i have to eat so many meals so i can have the little puddings right and tom gives me the sense that apparently that's not entirely true and actually it is going to be adding new stuff a lot more quickly than i anticipated yeah i wonder if you've got something mixed up because you can add new buildings quite easily like new buildings are something that we've already built our first new building right um like we've added something in straight up and there's also like it's mainly about how the campaign branches and allows you right. to take on different things depending on the goal let's let's very minor like little i mean I, no this isn't a spoiler this is part of the game this is part of the game so one of the things you have at the top of your big campaign tracking sheet is a calendar and oh, again yeah. this is something i don't know if this is in original gloomhaven no but one of my favorite things that's happened so far is someone said hey uh, we need a we need a hand with this thing. Can you give us a hand? And, uh, and we were like, yeah, sure, of course we can. And they were like, cool. <laughs> can you do it in two weeks? <laughs> and then you write a little note on your thing that's like, in two weeks, read this thing. And uh-huh. it's like, but then like 
there's all there's of other exciting stuff that we want to do instead. Like there's a thing that's saying that we can find a shard of the lurker crown. Oh. We don't know what that is, but, but I you're want not, it. You're not going to be able to do that because you've agreed to help a guy make a gazebo. Right, exactly. <laughs> oh, one, I'm one busy the, that week. One of the events was like, um, like the Grand Namor has gonna is gonna come to town. We've got to prepare him a feast and make him some wine. And then two weeks from now, put an event in the calendar. And like that's the Grand Namor. He's coming so soon. Oh. It's not like a long thing. It's like a few weeks from now. And there are those little immediate little hooks that are going to keep you playing. But the core combat, right? Like you say, I think the combat is a is a delicious, delicious meal. Yes. I think the puddings are quicker than you'd maybe think. I'm, and I was very pleased to hear that because Good. that was my, my early, early impression was I'm going... Oh, I hope I don't get myself into a position where I'm wanting to rush through these missions, yes. rush through the meal yeah. to get to the puddings. Right. And it sounds like, unsurprisingly, because, you know, they really do know what they're doing, um, <laughs> uh, you know, they've made it so that there are going to be some little puddings coming alongside, along the mains as you go. And it's funny, you know, f- pardon me. <laughs> I don't swear very often in podcasts. We can bleep that one out, but it's just <laughs> excitement. The fact I didn't know that there were going to be things appearing in the calendar for the future. My wife has constantly, absolutely, reasonably exacerbated me for failing to put social events in our calendar for the future. But I can't wait to put, let's prepare a feast for more lob or whatever in my calendar. Um, and the fact that you have this thing where uh, you're going to have seasons in this game. So yes. it's going from like, at the moment, it starts off in summer and you get the sense that it's like, hang on a minute. This is easy mode. Like, I'd say about 70% of the cardboard in this box when you unpop it is just blue. <laughs> it's like, this is a very icy game. And it's like, I get the impression yeah. that when it gets to the winter, things are going to be really unpleasant. Yeah, it's like in it's like some in the flavor text somewhere. It's like the summers of in up in the north in Frosthaven, they're like okay. Yeah. The winters are some of the worst winters you could ever imagine. Like yeah. I'm excited for that as well. But I was going to say it's just something while we're on the this concept of like mains and puddings, right? Uh-huh. What if I told you Matt that there's sometimes puddings in the mains? Oh. <laughs> I I mean Americans would feel comfortable <laughs> with that, I know, but I'm not so yeah, sure. Yeah, I had French toast for breakfast this morning. <laughs> no. All the all the uh, gloves are off. But yeah, no, we had a mission where there was a sort of a surprise that happened within, like, in one of the rooms, because you have this lovely system yeah. where you have this main scenario book, that's your scenario, and when you accomplish certain goals, open certain doors, you get out a whole separate book, yes. and it will give you the next piece of the puzzle and tell you what to do. And I was worried that that was going to involve this sort of mid-game setup that would be annoying. It tells you all the components you need at the top. Ahead of time, yeah. So you know where, what you're going to need to put on the map in the second half. But yeah, this second half had this lovely, like, extra little mini moment that was like, oh, there's like some of that meta game uh-huh. is trickling into the main game you had a basketball mini game we had the basketball mini in game in the middle of the game it was amazing oh so cool i scored a hoop bomb to bowling <laughs> um yeah i am not surprised by that and actually some of the quality of life stuff i really should say like because really you open it up and you look at it and you're like well this is this is more gloomhaven but yes. with loads more systems but there are some quality of life elements which are clearly really really wonderful mm-hmm. um the fact that yeah you you have this like the book for the campaign but then it always just shows you like the first room and then yes. you set that up and then you you don't have to do that kind of like looking at a page whilst purposefully trying not to look yeah, at the rest yeah, of it yeah. so you don't know what the next room looks like you just don't yeah you have to flip to another page in another separate book for the next part of mm-hmm. it that's really smart and it means that also you can have lots of people helping set it up because you don't have to worry about you all seeing it yes. you can just be like hey here it is let's do the thing and then the other quality of life things are gorgeous like i really love the fact that rather than it just being like loads of stickers for the things you've got a little campaign 
advent calendar is the best way to describe oh, it. Oh, yeah, that thing is absurd. <laughs> Where you're going to be like, okay, mission number one. And then you tear off a little like cardboard uh, window, basically, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. will then have some stuff underneath it. And then it will show you with arrows around it what the missions are that spread off from it. And if you have a situation whereby, well, you've chosen this mission, which means you can't go down this route, you have little stickers with crosses on to kind of go, okay, can't go there. That's fine. Yes. And it means that when you have that thing, when you open up the box and you look at this map and you're like, oh, we can go to the bogs of Trondor or we can go to the mountains of the devil's uh, eye holes of grimness or yep. we can go to help a merchant who's got stuck in a hole and you yep. don't remember what the heck's going on. <laughs> Having this like flow chart of mm-hmm. being like, oh yeah, okay, this is this thread of quests. This is this one. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. And the flipping herb chart. Yeah, let's talk oh, about the herb chart. the herb chart? <laughs> so if you bring back some herbs, so now instead of, oh, another change from right? Gloomhaven is that you have this, rather than it just being croins that drop when you kill a monster, mm-hmm. they drop these little quite twee little knapsacks. They are cool. They're very cool. They're going to have some treasure in them, and uh, you build this little deck of loot cards at the start of each scenario, and when they drop your little treasure, you pull a card from the loot deck. Sometimes that'll be coins sometimes it might be like lumber or stone or something that you're going to use to build the buildings back in Frosthaven. but sometimes it's going to be herbs and then you go back to town and you say hello to the alchemist and you say can you combine this thing and this thing and then you open a tiny window on a tiny chart where the two meet and you got a new potion yeah and now you can brew them forever again yeah but you don't know what any of them are going to be no because they're all in this little tiny again like it's like a grid-based advent calendar yeah where it's like what happens if you combine this herb and this herb and it's like hey i bet it's going to be a potion we don't need <laughs> but i don't care and then it's like the next time like i i think if you upgrade the alchemist's hut uh you can then distill potions yeah you, so you can, can be make like the more potent yeah or you can basically be like i've got this herb and i want to turn it for another herb because yeah. i want yeah. to do something to it it just it's lots of fun little quality of life things like that that just add a bit of texture to the game without mm. adding tons of components right it's a very clever use of cardboard in a way of making it go Ooh. <laughs> um in a way that is lush and I mean, there's also some little tweaks to the way things work, some basic stuff, like you get to take three of the little dungeon achievement thing cards oh, rather battle than just goals. two. Yes. Yeah, the bat- so you get three to choose from rather than two, so yep. it's always going to be a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's some stuff I could get my head around, to be honest, like the little uh, uh, t- the things they had in Jaws of the Lion, which are like the tokens for the different things to tell you the order. But again, tell you the order of the units in terms of what order they're going to go into. But yeah. again, this is where we come back to this game really I haven't played with an app yet because I know there is an official app coming in along mm-hmm. that's going to be for the game and I know yes. that there's third party stuff that does it for you yeah, at the moment which is what I'm using right now yeah but it's just such an improvement the quality of life change from me playing Gloomhaven without and with an app huge and I do find it very odd that there's there's no mention of it in the manual at all that you can play with are you sure I, I well I didn't see it maybe I actually that's you yeah. know what I'm not saying that. I'm reverse <laughs> saying that because I may have skimmed over it. Well, f- for me, it's like, I, you know, what it doesn't have is a giant page right at the front that's like, play this game with an app. Yeah, because yeah. you should. Like, the thing is, is that for me, it's like, it's great. They have all these quality of life changes, but it is a one step forward, two steps back for me a little bit. Yeah. Where you have like step forward, loot is more interesting. That's not a quality of life thing. It's just a good thing. Loot mm-hmm. is more interesting. It's not just going to be coins. Step back. Now before every single mission, you have to yep. set up an individual loot deck. But with the app, it knows what's in the loot deck. It will pull things for you. You press a button. Yeah. And then it's like initiative, right? You have these sort of tokens that you have to organize before every combat. That's yep. something that was in Gloomhaven as well. The app does it for you like even the this was the most striking thing for me was like it's it's gloomhaven is this game 
or Frosthaven is this game that has so many little micro decisions that can slow things down. Not even decisions, just micro little checks. So for example, it's like just the simple act of being like, how much health is that monster on? You always need yep. to know this information to plan out your turn. And just the act of having to count up the little health chits on a monster, doing that like 30 times within a scenario slows the game down more than you would think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just looking at an app and it's like, it's got six health. You're like, great. You know, it's just there. It's present for everyone. Yep. And it made... And I think that there is this sort of natural role within game groups. You have the person who sits down, they teach the game, they own the game, they, they sort of manage the game as a mm-hmm. thing and i often fall into that role because i'm providing them and you like doing that stuff right? and i do like doing that which means it's really telling that i hated it in yeah. Frosthaven until i had the app because i had that little companion sat next to me and then when one of my friends says hey how much health is this giant on i'm like it's on six health rather than going uh and then leaning over to have a look at how much health it's on. yeah uh, or like forgetting whether it has a status or forgetting an element and, and i gotta say like you know i like uh, the idea of those little things, having these little square cards that show you the monster's abilities and health and having them being like reversible and flippable so mm. you can have all these different levels and stuff. Yeah. And the fact that they slot in then these little sheaths so you just get the right information in a little triangle and then all these little segments to put all of the health counters. And It's oh, really clever. It's wonderful design. But it's... It's too much and it's fiddly. And, and you know what? Like I, I kind of enjoyed doing that when I first started playing Gloomhaven, but I, I, I can't go back now. And especially we were playing it in the first game we played without the app because sure. I was like, you know what? I want to yeah. go back. Yeah. I've got this memory of like, ah, in the good old days. Da, da, da. And I was like, no, let's play it like that again. And it was like, hmm. We had yeah. a point where we nudged the table. and like, Oh no. And it's like all of the monster health things just moved a bit. And it's like, oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, how many yeah, health yeah. did that one have again? Mm. And it doesn't really matter because it's a co-op game. And at the end of the day, at any point, you can go, you know what? That guy, that little dude, he's dead. Let's do a little he's bit dead. of cheating. I don't care. That <laughs> funny little dude, he's dead now. But you're only allowed to do it once yes. and then you lose. And I think it's it's just telling that like my my enjoyment of the game just completely exponentially grew as soon as I switched to the app because I could just spend more time focusing on this incredible puzzle, this really juicy, crunchy, cooperative combat and less time managing all the nonsense off to one side. It's a difference between playing one session in a night, like one encounter, and two. Yes. Or maybe three. Mm. And that is huge Mm -hmm. if you don't have the time economy to just do it, do it, do it. Because I really want to be able to play this game. And it was that thing of like, there was a bittersweetness after doing one scenario in the old ways and realising (laughs) It's like, I, I don't know how I'm going to play this. Right. Like, even though it's going to be my job for a part of the next few months to play a bunch of this so we can review it, like, it's still going to be a struggle. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, there's just so much of it. And I want to, but I don't know how I'm going to. And yeah, I, I feel, I'm hoping, because I do, I know what you're saying about like, oh, you'll always be able to play it. It'll, it's a big thing. It'll be supported. But there's so right. many factors. You know, you've got power cuts. You've got like, you know. All sorts of things that could change in the world in the next 15 years that we probably can't even think about. Sure, and the okay. idea of being able to have like something on a shelf that's analog that you can just still enjoy without electricity might be huge for somebody somewhere. Yeah. And I think it's really important that we do have copies of the game out there that people can have that with. But I'm really hoping mm. that they do a second edition, which is just svelte. Yeah. And yeah. like, you know what? Like this doesn't have a whole bunch of stuff in it mm-hmm. because if you want to just use the app, you should. Yeah. Because it did feel weirdly wasteful to be like, well, here's another big stack of these monster cards, some of which are quite similar to the monster cards from Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. which are just going to sit in this box and I'm not ever going to use. Them. Yeah, no, 
exactly yeah i I, i'm not i don't want to come across too strongly that like this game should just have no physical components but yeah the idea of having two versions one that does one that doesn't i just think that it's so it's just so much better it is so much better with the app in a way that like i don't think i'd want to play a campaign of it without as much as i enjoy that puzzle um and, and, and 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 you know actually the thing that was worrying me as well was like I was sitting down to play this uh, with two other people mm-hmm. and my initial thought on those first few scenarios with, with all the admin was like, is this just a two player game? Like, <laughs> is this a two player game and no further? And I was worried. I was like literally lying in bed going like, am I going to have to tell someone that they can't they have come? to leave yeah, because I just can't be bothered doing all of this admin for the mm. three player setups. And and now I'm like, oh, phew, I can rest easy. <laughs> I can have this third person in my group. We can play the game how we want to play it. And I think you're right, because I played it a bunch, the original bunch, just with two people. And with three people, it's too much admin. And also, you know, I think a crucial part of this is I feel like the level of complexity in a game, games like these, yeah. is a bit too high for some people. Mm-hmm. But I have some friends who are just on the cusp of it, right? And I know that it's like, this game is probably a bit too fiddly for them, uh-huh. but if they can get their head around it, I know they're going to really yes, get a lot yes. out of it. And I have friends who don't play games much, but they really got into this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they can't do that unless you are basically acting as like the game master. Yeah. And you're the person who is knowing the answers to all the rules questions, mm-hmm. moving the components around and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But it does mean that as that player, the box manager and the game manager, and probably crucially the third part, the host of the evening, yes. you are carrying a lot yeah yeah and uh sometimes it's the fact that the app it's like getting a rice cooker it just <laughs> it means that you've got an element of the evening you don't have to think about that's very very and, apt and, and it's like cool it means i can make sure that everyone's having a nice time should i get some more snacks do you want a drink and like yeah. and also knowing all the answers to the rules and stuff but it means that you can actually also enjoy playing yes and, and think about what you're going to do on your next turn and not be just juggling all of these components. Yeah, I feel like it's, it was sort of telling that I think I was the person around the table who was most excited to get it to the table and uh-huh. to start playing. I was anticipating. It. I was like, "We're going to do. We're going to try and do three scenarios in one evening." Mm-hmm. And I was, and and after like scenario one, I was exhausted. Yeah. And but both, both players had a great time. You know, the other two were like, you know, trying to starting to see the promise in the game. But for me, I was like. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm so sleepy. <laughs> that was it. I was like, do people want to know about how the blacksmith works? And everyone's like, uh, <laughs> maybe. And I'm like, it looks interesting. And then again, having things happen like halfway through, someone's like, oh, we need one of these cards. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like digging through these boxes, mop layers, because I, I set up the box a few hours ago, but I can't remember where these yes. little. Th- and I'm like, uh, and it's, it's the worst. Mm. It's, it's that thing of like, you have that experience of, of you've just taught a game and then five minutes in you're still like someone asks a question and you're like head deep in the manual and you're like oh I just and everyone's sitting there being patient you don't want that and so I think yeah just being able to cut out a little bit of that because that gigantic stack of having to find all of the right cards for each mm-hmm. of the different units yes. it's a clever system yep. it's a nice system but now I know how that system works mm-hmm. I don't need to see it Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and there's there's so much of that, like, even in the insert that I've got, I've got a very nice folded space insert that I assembled uh, before. Uh, my Without the help of adults. Without the help of adults. Because it didn't require scissors. Yeah, all on my own. So <laughs> proud. Boy. Um, and I made my little folded space insert. And the fact that that doesn't, even that doesn't have a solution for the game having like, 70 odd of the little enemy nameplate things so just when you're setting up a scenario you have to dig through all of those <laughs> and like it doesn't have separation for all those monster cards and it's like oh i've got to find out what yeah. these are and it's just 
it's that sort of stuff that's like, yeah, I'm glad that the app is there to give me a hand with it. But yeah, anyway, I feel like we've talked about that stuff for ages, the accessibility stuff. Mm-hmm. Should we talk about like characters and the combat and yeah. like who we picked and who we played? Why not? Which I guess might be like spoiler territory for some people. So maybe we can have a sort of this is the first spoiler hurdle. This where is if the you first don't want to know anything really, then this is the point where like we're going to start talking about something. Yeah, we're but gonna- it's all like in the box straight away. I think the first page of the manual has the first six starting characters. Uh-huh. So unless you want to do that Gloomhaven thing of just picking it based on vibes, mm-hmm. which I gave the people around the table the option to do, mm-hmm. then then you should you should get out. But I think if you're, you're probably not listening to this podcast if you're like, want to be completely fresh right. as a daisy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not even going to talk about some of the characters anyway. Yeah, so. right. I've not played all six of them. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not made of hands. We can talk about the expressions on the people's faces sat around us for the other characters mm. yeah vibes mm. matt what character did you pick so uh i picked uh I, I keep wanting to say genocide but it's not that it's uh i'd hope not geminate geminate which is like it keeps confusing me because it's so close to the word germinate yes but not no that i forget and immediately obviously i just think of genocide yeah i course. am a insect I think an insect flew into my mouth as I was uh, saying that. Which <laughs> There's is, been one buzzing around our impromptu podcast studio for a while. Very apt. Yeah, I'm, that's amazing. I was about to say, I'm entirely made of insects. Yeah. And then suddenly, I sort of was. Yeah. An um, insect was in your mouth. A tasty snack. I am a big swarm of insects. Uh-huh. And usually, these, these characters were in Gloomhaven. And basically, it's like a kind of collection, a collective entity. A hive mind. A hive mind, if you will. Mm. Thank you very much. Of bugs. <laughs> This, however, is a hive mind of bugs that has two personalities ah. that are kind of in flow. Right. And there's a sort of yin and yang vibe to it. But mm-hmm. rather than it being like peace and anger, it's ranged combat and melee, combat, <laughs> which I'm fine with. Uh, but it's nice on the on the kind of framing for it. It sort of says that these two personalities have their own like desires and wills. Yes. And I really enjoy the fact that when I was finding my box for the character, mm-hmm. I was looking and I'm like, here's the symbol. It's these two little things. And I was like, I can't find the box that has the symbol on it. Uh-huh. Until I realized there were two boxes, each of which has half of oh, the symbol on. Lovely. Which made me think, oh, that's, that's cool. Nice. That's cute. <laughs> I was a little overwhelmed with this at first. <laughs> partially because of the fact that I just taught the game, set up the game, and had this thing we've just talked about of scrambling around trying to find cards in the box and going, oh, just a minute. <laughs> we'll have fun in a minute once I've done all the, the bits. <laughs> and then sat down to realize that my hand of cards was in fact two different hands of cards. Right. And had a kind of, oh boy, moment <laughs> uh, when I had to think about what I was going to do on my turn. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, it's not that fiddly. Mm-hmm. The framing of it, of it being you are this split personality, is a little bit um, overstretching. It would be, sure. the easiest way to describe it is it's like a fighting game where you change stances. Yes. So it's basically that you have two stances and you have moves that at the end of the move, you shift stance. Yes. And then it means what you do is you you finish with that hand of cards, you put it to one side, you gotcha. pick up the other hand of cards and you swap out your miniature for another miniature in the same space that has a slightly different kind of That, that final part seems like a bit of faff, but it's I guess you don't have to. not that much faff. Okay. And you don't have to. Sure. It's, it's, it's just a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun. It's quite nice. Okay. And then effectively, you are quite limited in terms of what you're doing. Right. It has a lot of ranged attacks that are like specific distance based. Okay. And lots of things where it's like, it's going to do everything to things that are two spaces away. Yeah. Or everything that is one space away. Okay. And... 
I found that quite exciting and quite fun to play with because it meant a lot of it was about trying to get yourself into the right position, trying to use the mobility to be like, right, I'm going to be ranged and then I'm going to leap forward and then I'm going to shift into the melee form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And having things being so dependent on what's surrounding you. Mm -hmm. And I was playing with somebody who was playing as the... Uh, lady with the banner with the hawk on the arm oh yeah that's are, who i play that's as you play as mm -hmm. yeah and it found it interesting because i know that a lot of that character was about being like hey i want to be next to my friends yes whereas mine was like it would be great if you're not standing next to me because i'm going to heavily poison everything in my vicinity so a lot of it was me being like oh i can't really do anything this turn or if i do then i'm gonna like it was like i, I hurt everything yeah or heal everything yes in a way that i found to be quite a lot of fun and um, it had an interesting hand management thing is that every turn, obviously, you spend a card, goes to your discard. Yes. And then if at any point you can't play cards, then you're out. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I don't want cards to play this round, which means I'm out. Yeah. However, I had two hands of seven cards, mm -hmm. all of which go into one discard pile, mm -hmm. and I still just lose one of them when I rest. Mm -hmm. But it meant that I had to be shifting between these two different forms at quite an even rate. Yeah. Otherwise, one of yeah. my decks was going to get too small. And then I ran the risk of having right. to shift to the other form and then not having the cards to play and being out earlier. Right. Which was an interesting little puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like a, like a very sort of like juicy little rub for people who have played a lot of base game Gloomhaven and are used to just the typical flow of being knackered after a certain number of turns. That whole flow of trying to get the timing just right, of right. like, okay, I've just got enough cards to finish the mission with. Yes. It adds another spicy level of manipulation to that mm -hmm. egg timer mm -hmm. system. Okay, which is cool. Which is cool. Yeah. That sounds very fun. You're a person with a banner and a hawk. I'm a person with a banner and a hawk. Actually, I have a disclaimer here. I have lived two lives what? in the world of Frosthaven. <laughs> I bent the rules a little bit because I switched my character a little bit early. Kay. I started playing as the Bone Shaper. Uh -huh. I think that's what they're called. Who's like a sort of spooky witchy lady who can summon corpses to do some cool stuff. Relatable. Didn't really enjoy playing as that character, but I mm -hmm. have a sense that it might be because I was just really overwhelmed with admin and having a character who's a summoner probably didn't really help with that. Um, didn't enjoy that one much, so I swapped out to the Banner Spear. Now having a fantastic time. Banner nice. Spear, lady with a big spear, lady with a big hawk on her arm. Mm -hmm. She needs people to be in certain positions at certain times so she can do a big old stab. Yeah, a lot of your abilities require you to be standing next to a friend. Yes. But then you also have the ability to be summoning little friends or a banner. Yes. You just stand next to a flag yeah. and keep looking back at the flag and nodding it as if you go, like we're doing a good job, aren't we, flag? <laughs> nice one, buddy. Yeah, it's almost entirely, like almost all of your basic attacks require you to have some kind of configuration not necessarily next to no a little shape mm. and there's some really fun ones like there's a pincer maneuver which has one on either side and then you do like five damage which Ooh, is lovely spicy especially in those early missions um and yeah you have a reinforcement just a guy the guy can't do anything yeah. except for just stand there he's there <laughs> yeah. you do a thing and then the guy is died. I've mostly been using him as bait. <laughs> yep. But occasionally very, very, very useful for uh, particular patterns at particular times. And yeah, the spear itself, the big sort of banner that you thump into the ground, is going to sort of create an AoE. But the thing that I thought was really sweet is that you have these cards at the start of the game um, that you can swap out, these X cards yes. that you can take out, that can give your banner different effects. So mm. the one at the moment gives everyone extra damage. But I could be like, oh, this mission is looking a bit toasty. Maybe I can give everyone some healing or something like that. Um, very satisfying game. Game. Yeah, it's a satisfying game. Yeah. I'll say that. But a very satisfying character to play as someone who is 
trying to fill a little bit that GM role, yeah. that sort of admin role. It's like I'm trying to sort of lead the new players into the game somewhat um, and then having to have them in certain positions. I think it locks you into what to do quicker. If you've got one player around the table being like, I need someone to be here and someone to be here, that changes the shape of what you can do yes. and reduces the other players like, oh my God, there's so many things I can do. What do I do? It's like yep. you narrow their options almost for them. And I would say that like immediately the first um, proper mission in the game has some little AI troopies standing yeah. around, which I was immediately terrified of because there was a point in Gloomhaven where it kind of hit a low <laughs> of having a mission where you were trying to run th rush through an area and there were lots of units fighting each other mm. which is a sort of very this is a video game level yes like get out of the city uh -huh. and, and there's a big war around you in reality that resulted in an absolute ton of micromanagement mm. but actually at that point i was really enjoying because i think at that stage i was just incredibly anxious and it was allowing <laughs> me to to basically do a spreadsheet while sat next to my brother in a way which wasn't really healthy but you know whatever right not great game design but it worked for me at the time <laughs> However, in this one, like you have these units and they're not really units. No. They're basically just like they'll stand there and retaliate to attacks. And yes. it means you don't have to run them. It's not adding overheads. Mm -hmm. It's not like a load on the CPU yes. of, your, of you, putting the emphasis on that. Um, and that was great because we had a thing at one point where the person playing the banner was like, oh, no, I can't do my thing. And then they looked at the card and they're like, hang on a minute. And they realized like, <laughs> there's just that guy standing behind me, which means I can do this cool spear dash. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, thanks, guy. This sort of like furniture that yeah, you can make use of. A fun furniture. I will say there's actually, and this is again, minor spoiler klaxon, again, a sort of subdued spoiler klaxon on this one. We're, we're walking into the sea. We're, we're sort of, yeah, slowly dissolving yeah. ourselves in a big vat of spoiler. There's a mission that you can choose to do mm -hmm. in a little bit when the branches of the sort of story fork mm -hmm. one of which has one of those pitched battles there's two sort of sides fighting each other nice. and you kind of have to navigate your way through it it works very well it was one of my favorite missions that, that cool. we played out of the first crop because of the app i'm sorry we're dipping back into yeah. app again it's it's a, it's, a, it's a big thing yeah it's going it to be a big argument for the next eight years yes it was really really useful it was uh but yeah that was much more exciting because we were like oh my god there's so many enemies and mm -hmm. in fact we actually played it wrong for the first like few turns you had too many enemies yeah my housemate then looked at the manual and was like hang on a second yeah i did that yeah. i put way too many enemies in because i because there's so much to do you get flustered <laughs> and you make a little mistake well we put the right amount of enemies in but i just i didn't realize that they're all on some of them are on your side or some of them are at least neutral <laughs> okay uh, so, so you're like leave me alone yeah like the first round was like seven of these like dudes turning up and just putting a curse on us and just absolutely filling our deck with yeah. horror and then then also getting clubbed by some other boys behind them with a big club it wasn't it was not good at all yeah um so being overwhelmed by curses and then getting clubbed yeah no so, it's, it's a night out in newcastle yeah. as far as i can remember <laughs> um you know, lovely city, I should say. We just had a bad time that one night. Anyway, yeah, other characters that we've tried. It's mm -hmm. interesting, the Bone Shaper. I'm, I'm fascinated about that one. I wonder if it might just be an unpopular character because yes. I do think that whilst they have done some of this kind of like AI enemies or AI allies in the missions, they've kind of nailed that a little better. I do think that summons, fundamentally, it's an improvement now that you get a little cardboard standee mm. for it. So you oh, actually you get... Used to not. You, no, in Gloomhaven, <laughs> I had a giant rat I summoned right. and it was just like uh, whatever color of round disc <laughs> I wanted that had a letter in it. It was like a purple black disc with a C on it. Right. I had a little C on my card to represent that this is a cross-reference to this. Yes. I've got, to, I've got to say it wasn't terribly exciting. No. To just sure. be like, hey, it's my disc. And I'm then, summoning C again. What are the rats doing? They're running over there and then getting killed. Yeah. Or like, what are the rats doing? They're moving very slowly and getting yeah. left behind. And the fact that you couldn't control them, uh, which is understandable, 
um, made them less interesting. And I kind of, I'm not convinced yet that that's not going to be the case with summon stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know whether I was playing them wrong, but my summons just seem to like, I'd summon them and then I'd just watch them like slowly walk towards the target. Because uh -huh. they, all they do is just move and hit. They had like a slow move and, and whack attack. And, and the good thing about the banner spear is that a special rule for the banner spear is that you can control that guy. Mm -hmm. That guy who just stands around and does nothing. You get to choose exactly where they move, uh -huh. which is really, really useful and way more engaging managing that one summons position rather than managing like six summons that you're just running an AI script. I think especially when you're playing this, I mean, Gloomhaven especially is the same. When you're playing with three or four players, there is a tendency to have a plan at the start of the turn and then before you can even do anything, everyone has leapt across the room and murdered everything. And you're like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'll just walk. Yes. And if you do summon your things in a room like that, then you're like, well... I guess go. I've just got loads of zombies around now. I'm yes. not going to do anything, yes. which is a bit of a downer. The other characters, though, I've definitely we've both seen Blink Blade being yep. played. Absurd character. And I've se you've seen someone who's very AP, who <laughs> likes to really sit and work things out, having a hard time with it. I've seen the opposite. I've seen someone who's very breezy, just being like, this is fun. Yes. And, and me going... How have you done this? As yes. they leaped around the room and just murdered like eight people in a second. Yeah, I think the core mechanic for Blink Blade is that you can choose at the start of your turn to go slow or go fast. If you go slow, you'll use... So each initiative card has two initiative values. Yeah. You'll slow use the left one, you'll fast use the right one. But going slow gets you one of these little tokens and going fast spends one of those tokens. So yeah. You always have to go slow before you can go fast. Yeah, so it means you have to out the... It's, it's, it's literally whether or not you have the slow card or the fast card. Fast card. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, that's what my friend who played it thought it was. Maybe oh. one of our friends is wrong. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, <laughs> um, but I thought they were playing it because they were like, but how do you work out which is slow and which is fast? And then they laughed. I'm like, oh, it's literally whether it's you're going slow or going fast. Yeah. In yeah. terms of like, if you choose like the 13 or the 86, if you choose the 13, you're going fast. So you're going fast. So it's it's yeah. it's linked to that. Yes, no, it is. It Yeah, basically it is. But you say at the start of your turn, I'm going fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you use, so all the cards not only have different initiative values, they also have different abilities. Yes. If you're going slow or if you're going fast. So if you're going fast, you're probably going to move around, do loads of damage. If you're going slow, you'll sort of buff yourself and prep and, 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 you and gear up. build up time magic yeah. tokens yeah, that, that then what... you spend to just explode. Exactly. That's what the little tokens are. Mm -hmm. The tokens are what allows you to then decide, I'm going to go fast and go and ruin a load of people in a room. But yeah, having an AP prone friend just sat there looking at a full fist of cards going like, oh my God, because <laughs> there's so yeah. many options. But you know, he's getting into the flow of things now and enjoying 100%, it much more. And that's it. Um, and I I think that I one of the reasons I think Gloomhaven works so well as a co-op game is it's very difficult for players to be doing any backseat oh, yeah. driving yeah, because yeah. no one really understands what anyone's doing especially when you start and it's this hairy of like if, if you're the kind of player who wants to play things where one in one round you suddenly just do something that is absolutely unthinkable and everyone's like how what just happened <laughs> but then for another two rounds you're like what are you doing they're like yeah I can't really do anything this round <laughs> it's just like a bit of like I'm just gonna walk over and do this and then and then suddenly I'm just gonna go and everything's dead <laughs> Um, a, a lot of fun stuff straight off the bat. Yeah, and then the other person in our game um, is playing as the Drifter, which is the Inox character with the big, big horns and just has a huge club, is the low-complexity character, mostly just revolving around whacking things as hard as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. And also very fun because they have this really nice little... But this is the thing, with, with these systems, there's always a little bit extra. There's always yeah. another rub. Because the banner's a low-complexity character, right? Yeah. But well, I wouldn't say it is, really. Yeah, there's, no. there's stuff going on there. I feel like all of these characters are just a little bit more exciting than maybe what you'd find in... I mean, maybe even what you'd find in base game Gloomhaven on the starting set. Oh, I think so, yeah. 100%. They all have that little twist. And the Drifter's one is that the Drifter can 
uh, buff themselves, but then has this ability to like, and the buffs, like every time you use them, they move along a little tracker. But their whole thing is about moving those back along the tracker so you can then spend them again. So you're always trying to manage like which turns you're going to, I mean, it's kind of like going slow and going fast, which turns mm -hmm. you're going to really go in there and spend all your buffs and which turns you're going to recoup your costs. So you can you really like milk those cards for as long as possible. Um, yeah, they're having a great time as well using that character. It's just good. It's it is just, it's just good. It's just good. <laughs> it is just good. I think the it's interesting. After playing not much of it, I kind of already have a feel like I have a, a pretty strong sense of what this box is, right? And a pretty strong sense of what the questions are going to be mm. in the review and any coverage we have around it and how we're going to go about it. And you know, I think one of the big questions at my at this point for me is like, you know, if you've not played any of these games, mm. is this going to be a place to start? And I think the answer is probably no. I'd but say... we might not, but, but maybe not. And I'm really fascinated. <laughs> this is the thing. Is this why this is early impressions? Because I, mm. I don't know, and I'm interested. It's like I'd say it's like yes with caveats, in the sense that like the caveats being like you have to. It's not an onboarding point, certainly. Right. Well, that's what I mean. But it's certainly a game that you can still get into. It's just not gonna like open its arms to you, I think. And I'd say that like maybe my route through this, and this is like it's not necessarily readily available as a game yet. Like a lot of Kickstarter backers still haven't got their copies. Like, okay. It's gonna be a long time until this game is actually available. Yes. But if you're listening to this podcast down the road and Frosthaven is you know on sale at the game store in front of you, and you're listening to this entire podcast right now, working out holding it, it in your arms. Yeah. Everyone is. Your you arms hurt so much because this podcast <laughs> is a lot longer than our usual podcast and you can't make a decision. And, and, and that box is really heavy. And when you drop it, it's probably going to break bones in your feet. <laughs> but just hold on. Just keep holding it. Just hold on. We'll you'll, get to the You'll work out soon. I promise. Uh, if you're that person in that game store right now, it would be like, actually do put that box back on that shelf. Yeah, put it back on the shelf for And now. maybe play a little bit of the Gloomhaven PC release. That's a good idea. Get yourself all ready to know how the systems work because you're going to use the app anyway because the app still exists. Yes. Pro probably. <laughs> and with this level of investment, saying to somebody, hey, go and spend, you know, if you get in a sale, maybe you get it for like eight a quid, a yeah. ten or whatever. Saying to someone, hey, play that, buy that and play that for a few hours. Seems like an absolutely bonkers thing to say, like, oh, you're interested in this board game? Why don't you buy this PC game and play it for a few hours first? Right. But actually, in terms of the time and the money investment, uh -huh. that's pretty sensible. It's very sensible. Alternatively, like Jaws of the Lion, I'm, I'm already oh. leaning towards being like, it feels like if you want to have a taste of it, I, I feel like going straight into either of these things at this point mm -hmm. without trying either the PC game or Jaws of the Lion just feels a bit reckless, if I'm entirely honest. Sure. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the caveat to all this is that currently, at the time of recording, I think the MSRP for full box Frosthaven is $250. Right. So that's a huge, huge, huge investment. And it's it's going to be this value question that we'll get into like later down the line, I yeah. think, with the review and yeah. stuff. But it's like, for me, if you can split it with friends, it's like, if this stays really, really good, which yeah. I don't know whether it will, but at the moment I'm having a whale of a time with it. Like after we broached that, got through that barrier of not using the app, yep. and we're now in the sort of like Elysian fields of just killing monsters and having fun. It's whether if it sustains that quality for the entire time, this is a game that you split with your friends and you will have a weekend game night for like the next year. Yeah, that will probably keep throwing fun surprises at you. There's, I, I, I took a by accident took a tiny peek at some of the new rule stickers because they're just loose in the box basically you um, and you're scum one of the no no they were you're just, absolute scum i Tom. saw them by accident people I like swear. you should be locked <laughs> I'm up i'm so sorry but one of the things that i saw there i won't tell you what it is but it made me go like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it gave <laughs> yeah. me that little tiny chuckle and it's like 
Yeah. That's what you want. That's what this game can be at that price point. But you need to know that you'll like it first. Yes. yes. <laughs> and going, yeah, Jaws the Lion is just fantastic for cutting away all of that admin. You just open the book and your scenario is ready. It's all about the decisions and your characters and that stuff. This is much more management heavy, but... I mean, I the depth, but the depths, the depths are exciting. And it's, murky. It's, a, it's a it's a murky jacuzzi that that might just be incredible. Murky jacuzzi I mean, sounds like someone's like defecated in it or something. Well, it sounds like a kind of metal band. And I'm going to start it after this. It's like metal shoegaze. Anyway, um, I think that there's a lot here to unpack. Quite literally, 27 sheets, but. I'm excited to really get into this. And I, we, we you know, have to caveat, again, the podcast here of being like, these are early impressions. Very early impressions. And I think that in the same way that the manual for Frosthaven is sort of immediately a bit of a mess in the fact that it is the sequel to a complex game that is massively played and massively loved and therefore has all of these like addendums and extra mm-hmm, bits. Mm-hmm. And, oh, but if this happens, then this happens in yes. a way that's sort of exhausting, but also understandable. Especially because it front loads them. It's like, you just got to get through all that muck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, at the same time, the flip side of that in terms of it being a game that is going to be so uh, played by people and probably very beloved, even if it's not good, because that's the nature of how these things work. Right. Um, I, I'm fascinated to see how things evolve in the coming months. And the fact that, like, you know, when we first had Vanilla Gloomhaven, we didn't have any kind of mm-hmm. unofficial app. This time we've got unofficial apps already ready to go with it. Yes. We're also going to have, like I say, like, I think Lucky Duck Games are making an official, an official app, app yeah. for it, which we haven't had access to yet. Or if we have, we've been idiots and haven't tried it yet. <laughs> uh, and then also the fact that there is like a website which is just running you through all the audio yeah. for the game. They've yeah. got voice Narration. actors to narrate it all. It's incredible. Which, I mean, I that's another thing that I want to check out because if I'm entirely honest, I won't go into this much because I've really not read enough of it. But <laughs> I'm not sure I'm as much of a fan of the writing of this as I was in the original. Interesting. Which is interesting because it's clearly written by writers writers yes but there's moments of floweriness which i feel i'm not sure about in terms of the the prose yes so far i found the writing just fine yes but maybe it will get really good we'll see possibly or maybe it will get really bad i found that there's more writing yes the paragraphs are longer yes there's more text and i found that occasionally there's a use of interesting language or flowery language mm. which is fun to read right as a reader but <laughs> you are not a reader you yes. are reading it yes. out yeah and I, that I, has thrown me i definitely looked at like one of the very early scenarios has a like an entire page of just reading out what's going on yep. and it i looked at that and was like i don't want to bore these people no 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 <laughs> and especially because i looked at it and after i'd read it to myself yeah i thought this could have been a paragraph. Yes. And it could have been just as impactful as a paragraph. Yeah. And I do worry there is some writer creep here. And I do worry that that has come from, sadly, but mm-hmm. understandably, Isaac's lack of confidence in his own writing. Because we've talked about, I've talked to him about <laughs> it directly. We've interviewed him about sure. it. And he's like, I'm not a writer. I want to get writers in this next thing. I don't know what I'm doing. I just did it and I want to do it properly because I didn't. And I was like, no, you did a brilliant job. Yeah. And it may have been accidental, yes. but there were the, the approach that he took to it in many regards was perfect. Right, interesting. And already there are things that I thought were fantastic about the writing in Gloomhaven that I'm looking at in Frosthaven and going, this game hasn't actually taken the learnings from the first game. Interesting. Okay. Some simple things like often when Gloomhaven introduced characters, yeah. before they would start speaking, it would give you some of the adjectives to describe mm-hmm. what this person is. Mm-hmm. Now, as a as writing, that's not how writing works. When mm-hmm. I'm writing, you might lead with it and then it's it's not interesting to do that all the time. You want to mix it up. So mm-hmm. you'd be like who goes there? The man in the old da 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 says. It's like, that's nice writing versus like, there is a man in a da da. He says. Yeah. 
that writers wouldn't do that mm-hmm. a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but you need to because someone's reading it out. Yeah. And you read yeah. something and then you read the, what the character is afterwards. Yes. And then you're like, oh, I've done that voice completely wrong. Yeah. It's kind of annoying. It spoils the mood. And then you've got pages and pages of this to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I found that frustrating. And I found that, like, you know, that was something that I really loved about the original. Gotcha. The fact that it made it fun for you to read out. It didn't waste your time and it didn't trip you up. I can write. I arguably have been a professional writer in my time. I've written for all sorts of things. <laughs> and I found it frustrating in one of the early missions. It talked about petals of fire blooming around a building, right? Yeah. And it's like, that's a nice image. But it threw me when I was reading it because the word petals surprised me mm. in a way that, yes, interesting to read, but it threw me as a reader. And it made yeah, me think yeah. about when we were working on the nonsense box for Monikers yeah. about how actually we realized that the key thing was to make something that people could read it out without stumbling mm. and what they would say would be funny. Yes, yes. And that was the key thing. And it's not the same aims, but for me, I just think, hmm. So I wonder if in the same way you found yourself immediately being like, the app here is what I'm going to be leaning on for this experience. Right. I wonder if having access to a thing that can read yeah, out something... Yeah completely solves that problem is going to be something that is pretty huge yeah because they know the brief as they start reading no for sure because I love the world and the setting and the the storytelling in Gloomhaven so much Mm. but I don't want to just skip (laughs) it and go uh there's a guy here and he's nice but I did I did the thing I was like yeah there's a lady she's kind of grumpy uh Let's go kill some yeah this is Frosthaven this is Frosthaven it's like like, you know it's like I I, I don't want to do that yes because I want to get into it more than that yes but like you even as a performer, mm. I'm not going to read out a dense. It was pretty card, long. A lot of text, yeah. and I feel like even the fonts on the cards are smaller than they were in, in <laughs> Gloomhaven to put more text on. Gotcha. And I could be imagining that, but it is like, oh gosh, oh gosh. And again, it's adding to that load of, of you. Well, like, you know, you you've got you are an orator, you are a, an oracle of rules. <laughs> you are trying to play a board game. You're trying to make sure your friends are having a good time. Yeah, I will say that it's interesting. Those little cards, those in between like event cards, they have provided the most sort of you know, uh, exciting narrative. Yes. Almost because they are just punchy and they're quick and they're immediate and they're right there. They're just like, hey, there's this guy, he's coming for a big feast. And you're like, I like this guy already. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see what happens next. Whereas these long spooling text does already slightly slip your interest because, you know, I I don't know. It seems derisive to say it's just a board game, but you want those like punchy moments up at the up at the top yes you want them yeah i don't know it's i'm just saying what you've said here yeah it, it, it's interesting and I, I i can't really make a judgment on that because i haven't seen enough of it right but i'm just seeing like the body of the text and the tone of the text i just think like i think this would have been better if it was shorter and worse mm-hmm. which is not something you usually say about <laughs> writing but board games are an unusual uh, unusual shape but no, there's, there's tons of stuff to dive into and i mean like we have really gone over just like a limited experience of this entire show yeah and i'm so excited to dive in same and go through all of these wrinkles but also i'm excited for us to then talk about this game again a year from now Mm -hmm. and to find that most of this conversation was completely irrelevant because the community (laughs) had devised new tools or new things it's it's going to evolve yeah in an exciting way yeah um and i think it's uh it's going to be a joy to be on this frosty bloody journey on this new frostier yeah we don't know when our review is going to be coming we want to do it right we don't want to take forever with it because i do think there's a point where you've you've seen enough of the game to get a sense of what is this product Mm -hmm. who is it for Mm -hmm. but at the same time uh, i wouldn't expect it anytime immediately because 
we will do it right. Yeah, we we'll do I just, it right. I want to play it a bunch. Yeah, you know, like it's just fun. I sort of want to like finish my big dessert before moving on to something else. Like mm-hmm. I've got to eat all of this Frosthaven up. I've got to eat a lot of tiny desserts. Yeah, I, more because I think that it has to stay on my table because I just don't want to have to pack it up and set it up again. <laughs> so it's just going to be glued to the table for as long as the review oh, process takes. I was saying to you, I'm I'm between houses at the moment. I moved out of my old house and I'm moving in somewhere else, and that was. Having people come to the office space where I work, which often has some nice tables to sit mm. around in the evenings, but having people come, I was playing it, and then at the end of the night, it being like half 11, and me being so tired and just wanting to go home, <laughs> but then having to be like, yeah, you've got about an hour and a bit on a train, but you can't leave this out. No. Having to pack it all the way into the box and then put the box away somewhere was just going, I want a house. <laughs> I want to live in a house. I just want a house. I had the complete opposite experience where it was out on my table in the morning after I sort of tidied it up, just sort of being like, ah, wasn't that fun? Yeah, right? <laughs> you get like the glowing memories rather yeah. than like, oh, <laughs> can I just slide it all into the box? Maybe I will. The answer for this game is no, no, no way. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Sorry. So that concludes our mega mega early impressions caveat laden Mm. podcast thing do you have any final things you want to talk about you said there were some final final spoilery things you know what i i thought i did want to talk about some final final spoilery things but then i realized they're also spoilers for you okay and i think it's probably not worth spoiling it for you i think Um, that's enough i think we've given them a juicy enough of an entree to, to, to get into for now and uh, we can come back to more after the review, maybe. Yeah, that sounds great. I think that, yeah, my only thing that I was going to talk about was that mission where things open up a bit. That's kind of a little mini spoiler in and of itself, but I won't give you the specifics because I think you'll be like, ooh, I cool. Mean, I'm just pleased to know it's there because yeah. my concern early on was going, is this going to be like playing the first 10 hours of Gloomhaven again? Yeah. And it sounds like the answer is no. Yeah, no so, way. It's good. like playing the first four hours of Gloomhaven again <laughs> if each scenario was an hour which or they're two, not or two if you use the apps right exactly <laughs> fantastic well I'm going to be investing in some robotic arms to play the game for me so I can whiz through the campaign at mm. quadruple speed I'm going to get an AI to play the game for me so I can just watch the game like a movie I'm going to hire a small child to pack away the box for me after I'm finished <laughs> oh no hang on that's illegal <laughs> thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week for a shorter more normal episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast Yes. Well, maybe we're still going to use this studio to record maybe more. We'll Here see. we are, this fabulous, strange cupboard. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.